Hey everyone, I'm Swati Rawat and welcome to the Visionary Podcast where I talk to visionary Indian women with inspiring, intriguing and aspirational stories. In episode 46, our visionary is Racheta Jain, co-founder of the Cyberblog India. a platform which educates people on cyber laws and actively promotes cyber security awareness apart from hosting multiple workshops and managing an extensive blog to inform netizens on cyber laws the cyber blog india also maintains a whatsapp service to help cyber crime victims tune in as rachita shares her journey with the cyber blog india and how it is actively helping people especially women who fall victim to cyber crimes Swati, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, so I come from a very small town in Uttar Pradesh, Western UP, called Saharanpur, and uh, I did not have many big goals in life. It was always about small goals that I have uh, always tried to achieve, like being good at something, uh, achieving something, like being at the top of my class academically, or just making my parents happy. So. uh the only thing that brought made me happy was uh working towards something and giving back to the society uh that i have realized growing up that brought me peace so i did my basic schooling in pinewood school saharanpur and after that for my senior high school i moved to madras in tamil nadu after that i decided to pursue my college and i was very confused there like i did not know like i had several options where i wanted to choose either law or btech or do architecture mm-hmm. but uh, eventually i found this unique combination uh, which upes was offering in dehradun which allowed mm-hmm. me to do both btech and law and that's how i honestly decided to do this course because it was allowing me to pursue two degrees simultaneously and then slowly slowly things changed and as i studied there and i did my internships my interest grew in the subject and that is how i reached here and here i am today so could you tell us um and could you tell the audience more about your current profession what is it that you are doing right now full time so right now uh, i'm doing masters because uh, after my undergrad i worked with national human rights commission uh simultaneously i also had my startup the cyber blog india which we started during college yeah and we worked with uh, in it while studying during college and after that we um, i was working in a background as a background and not in the forefront my team was working in the forefront uh but i was kind of guiding them while working for national human rights commission in delhi hmm. and right now i decided i wanted to know more about uh technology law because i identified certain areas of gap in my education or in my understanding like i had studied a lot about cyber laws and cyber crimes but hmm. the technology law aspect i felt was lacking behind hmm. so i felt it was the right time to gain an overall awareness which will also help my organization to grow Hmm. So right now I am in Scotland pursuing a masters in innovation technology and law. 
Awesome, awesome. So, Rachita, could you tell us more about Cyberblog India? Like, what is it and why was it started? The Cyberblog India actually started in 2014 and was a result of an internship opportunity that we got to do uh, okay. with the Gurgaon police. So, every year, Mr. Rakshit Tandon, uh, who's a le- leading cyber expert in India, used uh, conducts these uh, internship sessions in collaboration with the Gurgaon police okay. where a few interns were selected. The competition was way more tough when we started because at that point we were the second batch and I guess 36 interns were selected across India uh, whom they kind of trained and made aware of how things go around uh, and how cyber crimes are happening and they trained us how police is working day in and day out. So you kind of got a firsthand experience of talking, not actually talking, but uh, hearing the story from the criminal's point, like Mm. legally we were not supposed to talk to them, just that sometimes they made them talk of what they did. Mm. And we got to hear uh, stories from victims who came to the police stations, because often these sessions were conducted in the, commissioner's office or in the police the local cyber cell that was there in Gurgaon so that time we realized how uh, you know we came across some cases which actually showed us like just lack of simple awareness on parts of so many people made them victim of such major crimes Mm. so we left that internship with the feeling of doing something making a change And then I remember this was around June and July and around December, I got a, I was traveling in Rajasthan when I got a call from Nitish, my co-founder, who says, I'm writing, I started writing blogs on cyber event, like, you know, about this cyber blogging thing. Yeah. Because we've had discussion about doing something about it. And then he was like, would you like to help me? I was like, yeah, I'd like to do that. So... I remember December end, we just started writing blogs. And the moment I returned back from my trip, I was like, all day, all my vacations, I was like writing blog all day, like researching <laughs> about the subject, writing from morning till evening. One day I'll write a blog. The other day I'll write, design the entire infographic. So what we were trying to do was like, when you start, there's so much to write about. So we identified that we wanted to bridge that awareness gap that was there in the society. Hmm. And uh, to just help people bridge those awareness gaps and, you know, stop the crime at the most basic point, starting point, is why we started the blog in the first place. That's why uh, we say Cyber Blog India. It's been, Rachita, it's been eight years since you've been at it. Yeah, yes, yes. It's been a long time. And it was with a lot of support from a lot of people. Then... It was just the two of us, how we started. And I remember uh, after the blog, we wanted to go and talk to people as well. Hmm. So it was a very difficult process, you know, when you're nothing, when you're nothing. Like people, we go and we'll tell the people, see, this is happening and we need to help you. And we want to tell your students about it. We want to tell your teachers about it. Hmm. But I remember uh, being told by one of the, best schools in Dehradun that we have moral science lectures we don't need this wow and and we were appalled we were like what (laughs) like are you even (laughs) understanding what we're trying to say 
yeah. but anyways we got a chance to you know we were invited to a principal conclave principals conclave where we presented for like principals from across the state of uttar pradesh and that was a major turning point for us because a lot of schools principals when we they heard us they understood the gravity of the situation and they invited us and we soon started getting so many calls from so many people for sessions like initially getting the workshops was very difficult for us hmm. but then soon it started to roll in and like we had to really find out time in between our education because we were simultaneously doing our graduation yeah to yeah. travel around india and do these sessions yeah so rachita yeah. tell me something um, when you started this in 2014 what yes. kind of digital scape was there and what kind of um, you know crimes um, in the digital scape were people uh, men and women especially women were experiencing versus what is happening right now because you've been there like it's been you've been there quite early right when the internet yes. wave was just happening around the country it was picking up social network was picking up people were being more um upfront um and they were much more willing to put their identity out there to let people know and to show people who they are um while this was happening you were there right at the beginning of at least this movement and this wide mm-hmm. adapt adaptation of um the digital world so what was happening at that point and what is happening right now like have you seen a change or is it still the same and the problem has only magnified so uh swati the type of crime has not changed very much uh maybe a little bit here and there Hmm. but uh, the magnitude of crime has definitely gone up and so has uh, the awareness about it hmm. like okay. initially when a crime happened with someone like in 2014 when i met people uh, and suppose they lost money due to a atm transaction because their card was uh, forged and money was gone so they, they did not know what happened they were all bewildered mm. they were like what happened my card is with me the money is gone mm. how is this happening and they used to panic a lot today i would say the same thing happens still it is happening happening now on, over upis and in more like over net bankings and the traditional form of financial frauds as well the mm. only thing that has changed now is people know that they have become victims Hmm. earlier they were not even aware that they've become victims they know the money has gone but they hmm. did not understand how so hmm. uh we see now banks are becoming more aware they're telling constantly telling people do not share your otp do not do this do not do that yeah but at that point banks were also not so vigilant it's only now that even the consumers as well as the banks and other organizations are more aware so definitely people have become more aware about their rights and when they are victims of a crime unlike before hmm, in terms hmm. of women i would say the crimes are still the same uh, especially with covid with more people getting online every day hmm. i think the number of crimes have really gone up i think people had a lot of idle time on them and the use of social media really went up we did not have reels then we did not have uh, so many options of video calling so easily it was only through skype or uh, through t- traditional platforms hmm. but now if the facebook or uh, even instagram they give you option of video calling so earlier these things were not there so the number of crimes that are happening has also gone up because women especially are uh, 
face a lot of hate crime, uh, abusive or lucid language is used to comment. Um, we've had so many cases in the past where small children were involved in these cases. Hmm. Uh, so that has really gone up with hmm. respect to women. Hmm. Like the number of crimes has definitely, definitely gone up. But hmm. I feel the social media platforms are also uh, understanding this. And they've also brought more stringent security measures right now, which they're trying to kind of fix and help with things. But then I feel somewhere how much crime is happening somewhere is also dependent on how you use the social media platform. That plays a huge role. Yeah, yeah. And tell me something, Rajita, what all topics are covered by the Cyberblog India? I mean, how does it aim to create awareness among citizens regarding these cyber laws? Okay, so we basically write about everything when it comes to our blogs, whether it is technology law, cybercrime, any kind of uh, policy that is coming related to technology law, like data privacy, Okay. or any law, any amendment in the IT Act. So we're writing about everything in general, but our major uh, focus is to bridge the awareness gaps. So what we are trying to do with our blog is write everything in very simple language. So an ordinary person like you and me, like we understand the technical jargon, but an ordinary person might not understand that. So we break down the laws in simple languages and make them aware of their rights, of what rights they have. So right now we have over 300 articles published on our blogs. Oh, we're wow. writing from, yeah, we're writing about everything from ATM frauds to child sexual abuse material. Uh, we have assisted like over 12,000 victims of cybercrime at the at this point. Okay. And apart apart from that, apart from blog articles, we're also uh, writing about the judgments that Supreme Court or High Court are coming up with. Uh, in we condense them and write the gist of this like how they are novel and write our opinions about the judgments hmm. uh, because we need to understand that this is a growing landscape there are a lot of amendments that need to be brought up in the information technology act as well so the courts are also growing as the scenario is developing we do not have a lot of cases on a lot of materials so every case holds a landmark decision somewhere or the other and is in a way developing the cyber crime scenario in India, hmm, like what hmm. rights people have. So we write about these cases as well. Uh, we regularly conduct workshops and webinars for schools, colleges, teachers, parents, general public. We've conducted uh, training sessions for the police officials in different states. Okay. So the aim is whether it's a normal government school, a Hindi medium school, or whether you want to talk about an institution like IIT, hmm. we've conducted awareness sessions everywhere because generally people are aware about the, they might be technically very sound, but they often miss out small uh, points on, and like they have small like a attitude in their security because which the hacker or somebody else will uh, basically exploit. And that's how they end up becoming victims. So these basic awareness points is what we're trying to make them aware about. This episode is powered by ITC Vivel as a part of their Ab Samjhata Nahi philosophy. 
It actively stands in support of women's rights, inspires them to challenge discrimination and empowers them with the knowledge to enable self-action and have an informed voice against discrimination. If you'd like to know more about this initiative, log on to www.apsamjhotanahi.com. You'll find the link in the episode description. I want to know more about particularly um how you're helping and how do you aim to help women navigate the cyberspace itself rachita um i mean when it comes to these crimes do you also um, as in the cyber block india does it also explain the process of filing complaints and procedures that follow thereafter because more often than not unfortunately what ends up happening is if there's a woman who falls victim to any of these crimes they don't know what to do after that right they yeah. rarely have any guidance um it's hmm. the 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 thought of just going to police even feels like oh, oh my god i'm going to step into a, a, a you know police station how am i going to explain to them what happened to me or you know my privacy that was taken from me um unfortunately because i was misled into something so um how do you also help navigate this entire process of what to do once you have fallen victim into um any of these crimes thank you for raising this question swati first of all because you know in every session that we have with a parent or a girl child or like students in general this is the point we constantly try to highlight that we have to break the stigma around it you know yeah. girls not going to their parents because parents have a very common reaction in india like how can you have a boyfriend tumne yeah. ghar ki izzat mitti mein mila di yeah and they fear they will not let them pursue their studies further they will take strict actions parents need to change this attitude when a child comes to them with such a problem and so do children need to understand that they need to approach their parents and talk about it it is mm. very important so this is one thing whenever we are taking a call or attending uh, to any victim of cyber crime uh, we definitely try to push them or talk them to speak to their parents or a teacher as a matter of fact or any other adult you know especially if it's a minor that they are comfortable talking to because that is the biggest problem that we are also as a organization facing but children will directly write to us and mm. they have issues because they do not know what to do and they say we do we'll do anything but we will not go to our parents yeah that's a very common problem so a we definitely help them on uh, from personally as much as we can like right now revenge pornography is the one of the most common crime that we come across Okay. where videos are or photos are uploaded of girls without the victim's consent and it is a huge menace right now so my team and i we work in this uh, and have been working for the last couple of years trying uh, you know helping victims pull these photos down from whenever they approach us that their photo has been put up on a website or they found it on a pornography website or they're getting calls from somebody hmm. so help uh, them pull down these photos Uh, we've helped like some twenty one hundred women and removed photos from over thirty thousand URLs. Oh wow, that's great! Very broadly, yes. So that's what we're trying to do. Uh, generally, we have a WhatsApp helpline on an email, and we receive like fifteen to twenty cases every day on this subject. I'm not talking about all the complaints that we receive in a day, hmm. but just about revenge pornography. 
15 to 20 cases every day from people seeking help to help them pull down their photos. So this is a very common problem. And when someone reaches out to us, uh, firstly, we tell them the steps that they need to take. And we it is very important to give them assurance that something can be done about it. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, if it's a young girl and she just sees her photo there, um, they panic. And so many times, Swati, I cannot even emphasize so many times, if we pick up a call or if we get a mail, it's like, that's a very big problem and you have to keep your calm and help them out because somewhere you're also handling a person a child who's very mentally disturbed a girl child or you know generally they're 18 plus so it does not become too much of a problem but it is not uncommon for them to be a minor as well Hmm. so we have to talk them involve uh, their parents and convince them to bring their parents firstly gain their trust and then we try to help them more in this regard so that is what we're trying to do like you know provide them that emotional support and then proceed with the legal support that we offer hmm. Uh, hmm. help them file complaints we write blogs also like in our blogs uh, you will find content where we're talking about you know if you've become a victim of revenge pornography what steps should you take you know before you approach us because mm. the first thing everybody or anybody does is go to google and they yeah. search yeah yeah so if these kind of things pop up at the top and they're able to read something they know what to do and after that they definitely seek help so but we have definitely put up blog posts before people approach to us or anybody else for that matter or even police uh, what steps they should take at their personal level so that they do not lose important evidence that collecting the evidence is one of the most important part here yeah and rachita so revenge pornography is one thing that you mentioned right which is huge um yeah um, amongst uh, like minors and also uh, a crime that women face can you also mm-hmm. tell me what are some of these recurring cyber threats that women face um, and also, if you can simultaneously share ways on how women can avoid these or be more aware of these crimes. Yeah, so um, revenge pornography obviously is the most common one. Uh, apart from that, uh, we get cases of simple blackmailing. Somebody's broken up with someone and now they're blackmailing using the old conversations or old pictures that they've shared. Yeah. Then cyber stalking, strangers just sending you random pictures or uh, obscene pictures, passing obscene comments. So cyber stalking is very common. Fake profiles, impersonation, as we call it. They, uh, so many students just end up having that a fake profile is made over, Insta, especially Instagram, okay. Instagram and Facebook, because we need to understand that our generation, like the younger generation is moving away from Facebook and now Instagram and TikTok are the platforms yeah. Yeah. where they're mostly found. Hmm. So impersonation is a, we often get complaints, fake profile ban gaya hai, hamari photos us pe dal gayi hai. But they need to understand why this is happening too. And if it's not their photo, most photos are put up. Mm. So those kind of uh, offenses are very common. And uh, what are some of the ways that um, women, especially young girls, can like some of the steps that they can take early on to just fortify themselves into falling into any of these crimes? Rachita, I mean, many of them would be unavoidable, right? It would be because somebody else want, somebody else is 
um, either mad at you and wants to take a revenge. But are there any obvious uh, sort of like traps that young girls can avoid? Definitely, definitely, Swati. Uh, there are several steps. Obviously, there is no hundred percent proof method, and somewhere or the other, you can end up becoming a victim, and it is okay. But you can definitely reduce the intensity of the offense that is against happening against you. Hmm. So, when one makes an account today on a social media platform, we get so excited to use it and upload our photos and videos and everything. We will learn about all the new features that this platform is coming up with. but rarely ever do we spare 30 minutes of our time to see what are the security settings these platforms are offering us mm. there's so many security features how you can lock your profile how you can restrict views restrict comments which we because it is a very common tendency for uh, the young people today to have more likes and more comments on the photos so in that desperation they generally do not keep their profile limited to their friends and make it a public profile which is a huge problem and that's the first step how you you know lose your photos like mm. that's why your fake profile is being made made because somebody had access to it your pictures mm. so maybe restrict who can view your profile restrict your friends and only make it a not make it a public profile and keep it to restricted number of people that your uh, friends with so we need and spend some time exploring the security settings that every platform is offering so okay. many people do not know there is this method of uh, having a dual authentication feature so this two factor authentication is what like today even in this live podcast if i tell you my gmail id and if i speak out my password you will not be able to log into my account why mm-hmm. because there is a second layer of uh, authentication that added so you need that unique authentication code that is only coming on an app in my phone so only after you enter that can you log in so mm. these kind of security features really makes very difficult for somebody to hack into your account or uh, you know misuse your account or misuse your photos like that uh, what also people need to understand these days is like a hacker is not somebody left right center sitting in some remote corner of the world okay they do not care who you are they do not care what you do generally somebody whom you know and is wanting to bother you or is angry or holds some sort of a grudge is trying to bother you like this hmm. they will try to you know hack your account or guess your password so generally it is suggested do not disclose your passwords even to your close people or have passwords that are easily guessable by anybody who knows you well hmm so that you need to like so many times we see there are people who are in a relationship they share their passwords they break up and the first thing the other person does is to take revenge they either change their password and now the person does not have access to their account because the person who they were in a relationship with changed the details about hmm. their account hmm. now they're misusing the photos misusing the chats so you need to understand whoever it is your password is very private and you need to keep it safe and not disclose it to anybody yeah. a friend or whoever so so these basic steps if one takes uh, really helps to a great extent another point that i would really like to highlight is generally when somebody becomes a victim of 
some sort of a cyber crime i will again try to talk about revenge pornography because these are the number of cases that i receive uh, so what yeah, happens yeah please go ahead you panic like when i'm getting a threatening mail i panic yeah uh, if they're blackmailing me for money i will pay them the money in hopes they will delete the video or uh, i will listen to them or I, i will just quickly deactivate my account in a hurry hoping now they will not be able to contact me and the photos will be gone but that is not the case that is not how it works the photos are still there the person is still in uh, hold of all these things in your intimate pictures your personal conversations with them and your deactivating the account or deleting the messages from your end will not resolve the problem so what you need to do is you need to collect this evidence i know you're afraid but you need to act smart here you need to basically take screenshots of everything that i am getting a blackmailing message from this account so you take a screenshot with the photo with the time stamp somewhere you what is the time what is the date when this message came to you the profile the fake profile that is made keep the url of the profile or the account you are getting these threatening messages from keep the url because these are unique jab bhi kahin bhi ek account ban raha hai uska url unique hoga so yeah. even if the person deactivates the account tomorrow and you want to now go and file a police complaint police will keep on searching for the account hmm. but they will not find anything so if you have that url that will prove that ye account police will need that as an evidence to talk to facebook to talk to instagram to ask ye account kahan bana kisne banaya so to find out all these things these are, you know are very major pieces of evidences hmm. that one needs hmm. and what our audience needs to understand is do not panic and collect evidence hmm. this url thing i mean at least i didn't know about this rachita Especially that you can actually facebook? you should uh, i mean facebook instagram because the cases that at least i am um unfortunately aware of they usually send a message and they you know just deactivate the account so you cannot they either block you or they deactivate the account so you can't find them again right um so yeah, i didn't know that why. you that's can why. save the url and that can be as presented as an evidence to the police as long as that uh, a profile is active you can copy that url Okay. that's what to prevent the person even if he deactivates the account and to track that person this url is a very important piece of information okay so if you have the url that per person can still be trackable in terms of where that account yeah, was yeah, yeah oh. because the moment i am making a new account say i'm making a new account today okay i'm making it from uk hmm. register ho jayega what was the internet account that was used like the ip address oh. of the internet जिससे ये अकाउंट बना वॉट टाइम वॉज इट मेड वेर वॉज इट मेड ऑल दीज थिंग्स गेट रिकॉर्डेड एंड हाउ विल इट रेस बैक दिस अकाउंट दिस यूनिक नेम ऑफ द प्रोफाइल दिस इज वॉट विल बी सेंट टू द सोशल मीडिया प्लेटफॉर्म टू यू नो गैदर दिस इन्फॉर्मेशन दीज आर इम्पोर्टेंट पीसेस ऑफ एविडेंस यू डू यू आर नॉट सपोज टू बिकॉज चैट आपने अपनी साइड से डिलीट कर दी यू नीड टू अंडरस्टैंड दर्सन ऑन दी अदर एंड स्टिल yeah you, you need to prove this chat somehow that person might have deleted it and you will say ki meri to baat nahi hui you need to understand like if you have a screenshot of that chat this chat happened this is the url of the profile help me track this guy who made this fake account who made this fake profile who was threatening me hmm. these are important pieces of evidences and if police does not have this 
then how will they track like you need to understand some you know legally also they need something to start the case from hmm. and these are hmm. very ground realities and very basic things that you need hmm. and majority of the times these things are missing is why the you know criminal cannot be tracked okay okay these are some very helpful and pertinent points that you have shared with us rachita thank you so much i'm glad i hope people who are listening to this are able to make uh, do not firstly fall victims of cyber crime and aware themselves and if ever they or their loved ones become victims they act smart and use these tips yeah yeah and um actually this brings me to my next question um rachita can you tell me that if someone is in distress how can they reach out to you um and in terms of you know help and what all is it that they need to do in order to just reach out to you guys and help them out with um any kind of these issues oh so swati we are on various platforms hmm. uh, so we basically run a whatsapp helpline we have our website which hmm. clearly states our helpline uh, email as well hmm. which is contact at the rate cyberblogindia.in anybody who is in distress can reach out to us on whatsapp or on uh, the or write to us via email apart from that we also have people who sometime write on our blog posts asking for help so we immediately respond to those people also like they can how they can contact us so apart from that we are also on facebook linkedin instagram twitter telegram you just need to drop us a message and our team will immediately get in touch with you of how to help oh wow that's super super direct yeah and uh, if you want uh, we also have the whatsapp helpline number i can tell you that yeah please do uh, and i'll also include it in the episode description but please if you can just spell it out here as well that'll be great so our whatsapp helpline is plus 9193403737396 and our email is contact at the rate cyberblogindia.in i will also make sure to include these links in the episode description as well so that people can just easily tap on it and reach out to you yeah, um, definitely and on kind of help on all other platforms you will find us by the username of in cyberblog i n and then cyberblog without any space yeah you're present on so many platforms and you're helping out so many people rachita so how big is the team i mean earlier it was just um two people right now i would like yes. to know like how big is the team do you have volunteers and how does it happen how does the process happen at the back end so uh, we are honestly not a very big team we are between 10 to 15 people right now and apart from that also like not everybody is an active member right now so raj is basically raj pagari is basically looking after the working of the organization at this point since i am away and uh, nitish is also involved with other things so but you know a major role uh, in our growth has been how our team has worked together throughout the years selflessly you like majority of the work that we did initially was pro bono yeah and uh, then a lot of money went from our pocket and then soon cost started coming in so we had to start charging some amount of fees for the services that we were offering hmm. to have a running model because hmm. running the blog having people 
uh, work for us was a lot of money uh, yeah. costed a lot uh, but still the model works basically on uh, volunteers we have a lot of volunteers who are working for us right now hmm. so it's a mutual learning process for them as well as for us and that's how we are operating but the team is working very hard yeah i yeah. must the team is working very hard because you can maybe continue writing a blog for a month a year but to have it running diligently for so many years takes a lot of efforts yeah so i'm yeah. really thankful to my team who's working day in and day out because so many people approaching to us everybody has to be replied back calls messages mails so many complaints every day coming to us and then attending those complaints and resolving those complaints in itself is a lot of work yeah yeah i mean so it definitely goes to yeah absolutely i mean on one end you have the um, the entire blog to maintain and on the other end you're constantly responding to the sos calls that you're receiving yes and we've got like calls in the middle of the night also like yeah i remember sometimes 3 so you have to stay up because the person is so upset that you have to attend the calls yeah yeah so it's around the clock you cannot tell somebody this is not the right time yeah 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 have to maybe uh, make them understand what to do and make them understand that they need to wait yeah that definitely is there but you have to be on your toes with this all the time yeah um thank you so much rajita for the of course amazing work that you're doing and all the effort that you're putting into this i want to end our recording with one last question um which is also about the resources and how we can also uh, sort of put out and help out other people in terms of reaching out to the right um uh, sort of like platform or a resource that can help them out so rajita could you also tell us what are some of the other resources that are available for uh, women to find out more information about cyber laws and also to reach out in case there is any distress definitely swati there are uh, right now we have the ministry of home affairs which have the dedicated cyber crime portal running so okay. any sort of complaint can be logged with them okay if you are becoming a victim of cyber crime states also have a lot of uh, individual cyber crime helplines running so we can approach them and there are a lot of twitter handles running in this field uh the national commission for women ncpcr they are also actively working whether it's related to women or it's related to children uh if any offenses on cyber crime is happening they are working to help them out you can uh, approach these platforms as well so definitely there are a lot of resources and a lot of places where you can directly reach out you just search a little and resources will pop up that is not a problem but deciding whom to approach is your up to you there are other private organizations also running in this field but from personal experience um, i will not vouch for which is genuine and which is not yeah over here um, but definitely there are some organizations apart from us also who are working in this field trying to help people
If you'd like to read more about the Cyberblog India or would like to contact them, please visit cyberblogindia.in. You'll find the link in the episode description. Thanks for listening in and please subscribe to the show to catch the next episode. You can follow us on Instagram to stay in touch and get all the updates. Our Instagram handle is vision.nari. That's V I S I O N . N A R I. If you know a visionary that I should feature on this podcast, write to me at the visionary podcast at the rate gmail.com. That's T H E V I S I O N N A R I podcast at the rate gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Launchora, a storytelling and creative learning platform. Theme music is created by Diala Swain. She's a uniquely talented music producer from New Zealand. Do check out her music on SoundCloud or follow the link in the description. I'll see you guys soon with a new visionary. Have a great day.